actually even that $40 billion total for all of 2022 would have been way lower if it wasn't for the number one deal on our list, which was Microsoft's $19.7 billion buyout of Nuance. That's Andrea Park, a staff writer here at Fierce MedTech. Later, we'll hear more from her about the biggest M&A deals in MedTech in 2022. I'm Teresa Carey, and this is The Top Line from Fierce Biotech, Fierce MedTech, and Fierce Pharma. Today is Friday, March 3rd, and here's Fierce's own Fraser Kansteiner to give you all the biopharma and medtech industry news you need. For several months last year, the rumor mill churned with reports of a merger between Merck and CGen. But in November, when CGen named David Epstein as its new CEO, the scuttlebutt subsided. Just four months later, however, we are here again. As Kevin Dunleavy reports, CGen apparently is back up for sale. Earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal reported that this time Pfizer is in talks to buy out CGen. A deal makes sense for many reasons. CGen has four approved cancer drugs and several more coming from its deep pipeline. CGen's revenues are rapidly increasing and expected to reach $11 billion by 2030. And Pfizer has money to burn. It made a record $100 billion in sales last year, thanks to its COVID products. Pfizer also needs to boost its oncology portfolio as some of its cancer drugs are losing patent protection. Last year, Merck's deal to buy CGen reportedly fell through because the companies couldn't agree to a price. This time, Pfizer may have even more to offer. CGen is valued at $30 billion, but Berenberg analysts say we shouldn't expect a deal for less than $40 billion. Eli Lilly's getting a leg up on calls to cap insulin costs for all diabetics. On a press call with Eli Lilly, I learned the company will cut the cost of its most commonly used insulins by 70%. Lilly will also expand its insulin value cap program to limit patient out-of-pocket costs to $35 or less per month. The move comes after President Joe Biden called on Congress in his State of the Union speech to limit insulin costs for all patients to $35 per month. Already, The Inflation Reduction Act limits insulin costs for patients on Medicare to that same $35 threshold. Lilly is slashing the price on three of its insulin products. Lilly is also launching a biosimilar to Sanofi's Insulin Atlantis. Lilly is offering that at a fraction of the cost. So, Fraser, you were on a call today with Eli Lilly? Yeah, so it was... um an exclusive press briefing related to their insulin pricing announcement and the the waiting room music was pretty choice. Oh yeah? What songs were they playing? For some reason, they had all these very strange renditions of licensed songs. It was the Batman theme song, like the classic Batman. Yeah, and then Weirdly, they they closed out with Cashmere by Led Zeppelin, which is like a pretty strong choice. My boy is here with me. He's obsessed with music. Are you going to play any instruments? I already do. Oh, which ones? I play drums. I wish I knew how to play drums, but I was never very good at keeping tempo. You should see me. I am awesome at drums. (laughs) Fraser had to listen to some music today while he was waiting. What do you think would be the best song to listen to? Rock and roll. Been a long time to the rock and roll. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, you would have enjoyed it because they had Led Zeppelin. Coming up next, we'll hear from two of our own journalists about how last year turned out for MedTech M&A deals. But first, I have an announcement. Today is the last day for you to submit your nominations for the most influential people in biopharma. Get those nominations in by midnight tonight. Go to FiercePharma.com. Just to remind you, every year the Fierce Pharma team profiles the most influential people in biopharma, and we're asking for your input. Help us identify visionaries at both the scientific and business ends of our industry. Who in biopharma is leading the push for clinical diversity? Who's rewriting the drug launch playbook? Who has a promising new cancer treatment approach? Remember, go to FiercePharma.com or look for the link in our show notes. After a busy 2021, M&A plummeted in 2022. Thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic and supply chain constraints, as well as increasing inflation and the looming threat of a recession. But some medtech companies were still able to pull out multi-billion dollar mega deals. And we tracked it all on Fierce's MedTech list of the 10 biggest M&A moves in 2022. Here's Editor-in-Chief Ayla Ellison and Andrea Park to discuss some high points from that list. Hey, Andrea. So for this report, you and Connor compiled the top 10 MedTech mergers and acquisitions that went through in 2022. Yeah, and we actually ended up including 11 deals on the list since we had a tie for number 10. But even with the extra one on the list this year, since there was a tie, the biggest deals of 2022 still fell short of previous years. And when I was reading the report, I saw that Connor cited some data from Evaluate showing that 2022's totals ended up um, being barely half of 2021's. Mm-hmm. MedTech M&A spending was just under $40 billion last year. Um, and looking at the numbers from 2021, um, that number surpassed $78 billion. And then also the total number of deals came up short last year. So there were only 68 compared to the 150 in 2021. Yeah, it was a huge change last year. And actually, even that $40 billion total for all of 2022 would have been way lower if it wasn't for the number one deal on our list, which was Microsoft's $19.7 billion buyout of Nuance. Nuance makes conversational AI that can automatically transcribe doctor's notes into a patient's electronic health record. And when Microsoft bought it, it was actually the company's largest acquisition since 2016 when it bought LinkedIn for $26.2 billion. And actually, that Nuance deal was a long time coming. Um, It took Microsoft almost a full year to finally close it out in March 2022 because antitrust watchdogs in the EU and the UK both investigated the deal before it could close. So kind of a timeline of the whole thing. Microsoft and Nuance announced the deal in April 2021, but the EU didn't start their probe until November of that year. And then right when that was wrapping up in December 2021, the UK started its own investigation, and that one wasn't resolved until March 2022. And basically, those antitrust agencies were worried that adding Nuance's AI to Microsoft's healthcare-focused cloud service was going to box out competitors in the space. But they both ultimately determined that that wasn't the case. 
And then, of course, there were a few other deals on our list that closed super quickly. Yeah, so that's what I was going to move on to next and talk about. I know the the Microsoft deal, it was a lot Mm -hmm. of um, investigation. But for the second one on the list, um, it it took just a few weeks. So Mm -hmm. Johnson & Johnson offered up $16.6 billion for Med at the beginning of November. And they'd actually sealed that deal before the end of the year. So just like Microsoft's purchase of Nuance, the deal also marked J&J's largest one in a while. Um, and just for some additional information, as I was looking through the deal, um, Abiumed makes a miniaturized heart pump that can stay implanted for long periods of time, but it can also be removed relatively easily. So it can be used as a bridge treatment for people with heart failure. And the, the pump hasn't yet been cleared by the FDA but earlier this year, during the J.P. Morgan Healthcare conflict Conference, which was after the acquisition was complete, J&J CEO described the Abiumed buy as J&J's ticket into the, into the heart failure treatment arena, which is currently in need of major innovation to step up available treatments for the condition. Yeah, totally. And yeah, that deal came together super, super quickly. And another fast-moving deal was actually the second to last one on our list of the top 10 for 2022. So that one, it took BD only about six weeks from start to finish to buy Parada Systems last summer. And actually, that speed may have come as a shock even to BD itself because it had originally sketched out a timeline of up to nine months to complete the acquisition. And yeah, it only took about six weeks, a month and a half. Um, so in that case, BD paid a little over half a billion dollars in cash to Fraser Healthcare Partners, which is the private equity firm that owned Parada at the time. And in return, BD took in Parada's pharmacy automation hardware and software, which is used in hospitals and retail pharmacies to dispense medications, attach labels and instructions, monitor inventory, track prescriptions, etc., um, and actually, again, for more context, while that Parada buy marked BD's first foray into pharmacy automation, it was certainly not the last because, in fact, just a few weeks later, this one didn't quite make our list. But fun fact, BD put down another $93 million to acquire MedKeeper, which makes cloud-based software to automate a ton of processes within a pharmacy. Wow, really interesting. And speaking of doubling up, you closed out this this uh, year's list um, of the biggest M&A moves with a tie between two deals. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. So 2022 saw two really long-standing device makers that had been publicly traded for decades both go private. And it was kind of a thing filled with weird coincidences. So for one, they both merged with private equity firms, and both of the deals were valued right around $1.2 billion. So first up was Natus Medical, which was founded in the 1980s, and it had been public since 2001. So it announced a go-private deal in the spring of 2022, right after it had published an earnings report predicting that it was going to be hit with extraordinary costs throughout the year due to those supply chain constraints that are still lingering. Um, And so then the next weird coincidence was that Natus's deal closed on July 21st, which was the exact same day that Hanger announced its own plans to go private. And Hanger actually dates back to the 1860s. It was founded by a Civil War soldier, um, and it had been public since the 1990s. 
And in contrast to Natus's deal, Hangers came amid a pretty good year for the company, actually. It was expecting to see revenues increase by about 7% in 2022 before it announced the deal. Wow, that's a really interesting way to cap off the list. Um, since previous year's rankings actually closed out with two deals that took medtech startup, startups public rather than private. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for talking to me about some of the highlights today in the report, Andrea. Yeah, of course. Anytime. That was Ayla Ellison and Andrea Park. And here's our sound engineer, Caleb Hodson, with a little more of the headlines. For the first time ever, the FDA has given emergency use authorization to an at-home test that can detect both COVID-19 and the flu. As Andrea Park reports, the molecular test comes from Lucera Health and can now be sold over-the-counter without a prescription. It looks for signs of the coronavirus, as well as influenza A and B, and returns the results within just 30 minutes. But even as flu season is almost over, it's unclear how soon you'll be able to get your hands on the tests. The win came just two days after Lucera filed for bankruptcy and said it was looking for a buyer. Lucera pinned much of the blame on its expectation that the FDA was going to authorize the test sometime last August. It began churning out tests last summer to prepare. But when the green light didn't come, manufacturing costs piled up with no sales to balance them out. Now, with the FDA nod finally secured, Lucera is on the hunt for a partner who can help resume manufacturing and development of its test kits. Sanofi and Sobe are out for blood. Blood with high levels of factor eight, that is. The duo has created the drug Althuvio. It is the newest option for patients with hemophilia A. Hemophilia is a blood clotting condition caused by the lack of factor eight. Without this factor eight, the blood can't clot effectively to stop bleeding. But Althuvio can help. It can bring factor activity levels up to near normal status. As Zoe Becker reports, other factor eight therapies cause levels to rise but decrease quickly, leaving patients needing injections every two days. But because of Altuvio's extended half-life, many patients will be able to receive factor eight injections less frequently. And that's what sets Altuvio apart from the competition, the less frequent dosing schedule. BioChrist Pharmaceuticals has just one remaining clinical candidate. And this week, it was hit by a trial delay. The drug is known as BCX10013, and it is being studied in a phase one program among healthy volunteers. Ultimately, the drug is designed to treat complement-mediated diseases. These are diseases that occur when the immune system becomes overly active. They are complex and progressive. However, last week, BioChrist released a press release saying that it is delaying the clinical program. The company cited dose-related observations in an ongoing non-clinical study, but didn't say much more than that. A BioChrist spokesperson told Fierce's Gabrielle Mason in an email that it's still too early to say how the delay will impact the trial. 
When asked, the company didn't provide any more details about the potential safety signal in the non-clinical trial. BioCris now says it's exploring oral medicines directed at other targets of the complement system. That's it for The Top Line. I'm Teresa Carey. Our sound engineer is Caleb Hodson. You can find out more about these topics in our show notes at FiercePharma.com. Look for podcasts. And that's The Bottom Line from The Top Line.